Hi, my name is Jason Adriani, and welcome to the Blade in Chats, your skating chat based. In this podcast, we are talking with bladers and bladies from all over the world, united by a single passion, blading. Episode 52, Laura. Super excited about this one. Let's pay him for to be connected. Yo! Hey! Good to see How you, man. You? How are you? Good Fine, time what about... Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, definitely. It's been... It, 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 I've been, I, I'm sure you hear this all day. I've been working with Jason all day, but that's for work. <laughs> Great, man. So how has it been going? Everything's fine? Good. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been a crazy month. Uh, you know, I do this as a side gig, like full-time. I'm a software developer. No and way. it's been so busy, I can't keep up. Um, we were all very scared that shops and the skating industry was going to collapse with COVID because, I mean, nobody has money, nobody has anything, but it's like, I mean, people can't keep stuff in stock. So <laughs> it's, it's the exact opposite. I'm so busy. I can't, I don't sleep. <laughs> true, true. It's crazy. Like the other day I had like one of these things with the Erika Zanetti and she's like one of the sale um, and marketing person in Rollbit Italy. And yeah. she told me that like they run out of stuff, like all the warehouse. The other day I saw Jeff Akers from Razors and he told me, man, like I haven't seen like those warehouse that empty in 10 years or something like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. They're fighting over scraps, size six <laughs> skates. You know, that's all you can find. <laughs> People going on a diet to fit size six skates. <laughs> True, man. And um, so like you're like a, a developer, like you're working within the... Yeah, so I've been doing web development since... I mean, that's actually what got me started with um, with uh, with Fitty Fitty. Um, back in 95, 96, I wow. started doing web development. I actually started when I went, I went to San Jose State in like 94, and I started making um, websites. And then I made this thing called Sequence Magazine, which okay. was a online uh, like precursor to BMAG or I, I don't even know what they have nowadays, but it was a place where we would publish like a monthly magazine for skating. And wow. um, we had a message board, which became really popular. And it was one of the places where people used to hang out and talk about rumors and gossip and stuff like that with, I, I don't know that it was super bad, like rollerblading, rollerblading is nowadays, but it, I think it was more positive back then. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I started doing uh, web development back then. And over the years just kept adding skills and, I do uh, iPhone development, web development, app development, stuff like that now. So um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to have skills that I can reinvest into the industry and uh, actually have some sort of a financial stability so that I can, <laughs> I can spend some time uh, and invest you know, money and, and time back into the industry as well. Oh, awesome. So like, I, I do believe that like, um, just like you were saying earlier, actually, that like you were like super busy because apparently right now, like every single brand, company, whatever, invested all they have and all they can into the web development, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the web is everywhere. I, I, no matter what, I mean, 
Instagram probably is a pretty bad example, but um, every app has a web front end, right? So everywhere you look, there's something that's running on the web. So I got really lucky that I was a big geek back in the days and had a passion to make things. And the way that I did it turned out to be a really lucrative career. Um, I mean, I, I, I could have been a sculptor, you know, and, and that wouldn't have, <laughs> That wouldn't have ended up quite as uh, quite as well, but yeah, I love what I do. Um, I've been at a few different big companies. I usually work in like big enterprise companies as like a real job, wow. um, and I've been in a few different companies doing pretty much the same thing. But a lot of it is you know problem solving. It's like looking at things and trying to figure out ways to fix it. And again, that's where Fitty Pity kind of comes in, looking at the way the industry is and the way products were made, and it's like how can we make that better. Like what's missing right now? How can I make something that would make skating easier or, you know, something that people need? But was it like the same thought from 50-50 back in the day? Because like I started skating in 2000. So mm -hmm. I've missed like the whole thing before it. But like, I remember yeah. that like when I started skating, it was the same year. No, UFS thing happened in 2001, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. But like before that, I remember like 50-50, like people tell me, man, like I love those 50-50 frames and yep. they look so cool like on people's skates because yeah, they yeah. were probably the very first like um, uh, adjustable frame and they yep. were like different colors, like the, the yellow uh, that yep. like uh, Morda has on like VG16, I guess. And then yep. there was like the white one and the Russia Johnson had and all that. Like so... It, it happened then that need happened because like you wanted to do like something for the skates yeah i mean it was kind of a natural progression so we started with grind plates and the grind plates were there because the frames of the days were really bad and they would just break they weren't designed for what we were doing um my partner jess Deerenforth, who's you know an amazing photographer but also one of the pioneers of skating he was skating back in the days and he was doing uh, you know, he was skating rollerblade TRS and he was breaking frames left and right. And he figured out with uh, his, his partner at the time, Ted, uh, they figured out that grind plates would be the best way to stop frames from breaking. The frames were like a natural progression of grind plates. So it was like, well, what if we just made the frame better? You know, like rather than just make grind plates all the time, like it's a great business, but what if we could improve frames themselves? And that's when the frame project started, which was probably 96 when we wow. started making aftermarket frames. Um, it was um, working with um, John Julio, of course. Uh, John was on Rossi's at the time, and he, uh, he helped us design that frame um, and test it and was like the first real like pro model that had the Fitty Fitty frames. They did come on the REMs, uh, the remedies uh, for a couple models, I think, uh, wow. way back in the days. But then it was almost almost strictly uh, a USD thing. So it was on, you know, a lot of thrones. It was on some Cyrus. Um, we had, geez, I mean, you can probably find some old ads and you can find all the different colors that we came out with um, because there was nothing else out there. Like nobody else was making frames that True. you could put on your boots. It was a lot of work, like not a lot of, especially before the thrones, the boots needed to have like drilling and rivets and stuff like that to get our base plates on. And it was expensive. And it was like, why are we going through this? But it made skating so much better. 
especially with soul plates. That was the biggest thing. Like soul plates back in those days didn't really exist. They were just the front. So the heel of the boot didn't have any way to do soul grind. So if you put on the our soul plates, which we call the juice system, if you put on those soul plates, you had this really nice flat sole. It was with UHMW, which is an amazing material. I mean, we really, again, I, that was that was where we kind of came into it. And I, I, I mean, all all credit goes to you know Jess and Ted and and the skaters for helping believe in it, um, and obviously for Matthias and uh, and Scott Walker for USD for believing in us to actually make the frames a reality. And then it was like, all right. Let's just keep going. What's next? You know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's cool that you mentioned Jess because the, a week ago I've done like um, an episode of it with uh, with Angie Walton. Yeah, and yeah. Like man, it was I got goosebumps off of that man. She's an amazing person. Yeah, they. Um, I mean, they revolutionized the sport. Um, you know, before it was, it was dancing and it was you know lycra and spandex and. Angie and Jess and Chris Edwards and, you know, all those guys were like, no, we're going to do our own thing over here. And then she started Daily Bread and it's like, all right, Amazing. it's a real thing. Amazing. I mean, like, yeah, just like, we, we did like two hours and a half of like live stream on Instagram. I was like, man, <laughs> but it was She's so high. stories, man. She's got yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could have been like going like for hours and hours talking with her <laughs> about this whole thing. And then... Um, and like, so with that being said, like you've been like super busy on these two months because you've been yep. like, keep on developing all this stuff, but yep. like, you're still like putting out content on YouTube, like reviewing product and all that. Like, yeah. where did you get, where do you find all this all the time? Like to do yeah. what you're doing? I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't sleep. Um, I, so I've been doing the YouTube thing for a little over three years and my process to build videos has gotten really streamlined so i you know if you go out and you try to make a youtube video right now like a five minute ten minute video it will probably take you a day from start to finish to figure out how to do it how everything goes you know the sounds the music the color correction the editing and everything like i go through edits within like an hour now because i've gotten really my process is really good when I shoot, I'm shooting with the video in mind. So I bring my little GoPro out and I capture all the video. When I get home, I dump the video into my computer. I go eat lunch. I get back and I start editing and I'm eating while I'm editing, right? And it just kind of flows and I upload and go take a shower, come back down. As soon as I'm uploading, I do the YouTube thing and the Instagram edit and push it out. So it's, it's a really streamlined process now, but it, does take a long time. Um, I, I I don't know how I find the time to do it. It keeps me sane. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, I have two kids that, you know, keep me very busy during the day, but at night I want to do something. So that's why I started the gear talk stuff and the, the different like live streams that I do because it's just, I know a lot of people out there are just chilling, waiting to do something. And uh, you can't really skate during the week. Like I have a really hard time getting out and skating during the week because I have kids and I can't skate until the evening. So it's like, how do I do something involved with skating in the evening? And that's where, you know, Gear Talk came in and just kept collecting skates and like still like looking at all the skates and saying, what's the best skate for me? How can I make this skate better? Like this skate is almost perfect. What if I could find a skate that was like this, but it had this. 
And you don't know that stuff until you, you, you put them on, you skate them for a month. Man, and that's like, I didn't knew that you had like also two kids because like, of course, working like 24-7, like 40 hours, 50 hours per week, it's a, and then finding time to skate, it's yeah. challenging. But like, you do all of this and then a family, man. That's, that's remarkable, man. It's a lot. So today, perfect example. <laughs> so today, um, I got... I got the red frames in. Today. Awesome. No way. But when am I going to find time to ship those? <laughs> True. <laughs> so they, they came in today during lunch. I'm working from home. They came in at lunch. They weren't supposed to be here until Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Now I can ship them. And I'm like, with what time? Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I still got to work. I still got to make dinner. Like, I'm going to have to take a day off sometime this week to find time to ship them because people, you know, People are excited to get the frames. I'm just sitting on them. I gotta get. I gotta get rid of them. <laughs> and, and it's pretty cool to see it. But like we were get on it. But like I do really love the fact that you came back into the game because yeah. I was like, as I was saying, I was like because the the image that you've built back then with the fifty fifty, the name fifty fifty, the the, yep. the the logo and everything was pretty cool. So see that you are coming back and making a team and all that. It was like, man, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy to see that. It's taken a long time. I, I appreciate that. It's taken a long time. And it was not something that I had in mind when I came back. You know, I came back because I wanted to skate. And I played ice hockey for most of my life. And I got to a point with ice hockey where my schedule just wasn't lining up properly. So I love skating. And the only time that I could play was at night, like on the weekdays. And I was like, I'm not, I, I can't do this like the rink is 40 minutes away so you know i'm driving an hour and a half to get to a, a, a rink and back and then i'm skating for an hour and it's like it just isn't worth the investment so i was like well what do i do like how do i how do i stay in shape and still skate and i was like oh yeah rollerblades i forgot you know because i stopped skating when life got in the way and i moved back to northern california and i tried skating a couple of times but it was it was very different. Like, I don't know that my mind was in the right place. I still wanted to do aggressive, but my, my access to skate parks and stuff wasn't what it could have been. And I wanted to figure out how I could get back into skating without limits. So I still had, you know, fitty fitty stuff at the house. And I went to Oak City, which, you know, just sheer luck, I ended up um, moving to North Carolina like 10 years ago, but I moved to an area that has a local skate shop. And not only just the local skate shop, but like Oak City, which is one of the, the, the best like uh, aggressive specific skate shops. You know, it's not like you go to a, a, a shop that has skateboards and bikes and scooters and stuff like that. Like Long only does skates. And, you know, at that time he was only specializing in aggressive. So it's like, yeah. I came to the right place. I went in and I was like, hey, I want to get a pair of boots, not telling him who I was, like that I had any history or anything like that. Because for me, like that, that life was over. Like I was like, I want to just skate. And I got the bug again and I skated and I was like, I got I to gotta skate more. Like what, what's missing? And when I, when I started skating, people asked about the pity pity frames. I never really said anything about it. And I had a lot of people asking where'd you get them like I want to try those or whatever and, and I started started me thinking like could I 
make more? Like, is it possible for me to make more? So I made, you know, a few phone calls. I called Jess and I said, Hey, what would you, what would you think about bringing the company back? Maybe just a limited run. But I think there's people out there who would love the frames who haven't been able to have the frames. Like we haven't made frames in 10 years or whatever. What if we just did a really quick run and we brought it back and the frames were a success that we sold out our first run within like yeah, a month. Yeah, I remember that. I remember and that. And we were like, oh, well, I guess we should probably do this <laughs> full time. Um, so now it's been two years since we brought it back, starting year three now. Um, and, uh, you know, we do wheels now. We do backpacks again. We do a little bit of everything, but it's still that same, like, what problems are we trying to solve, you know? Like, we need more cool backpacks out there that are the same old backpacks. We need different low profile frames that are designed for grinding that, you know, don't fit huge wheels that, you know, can be good quality and, you know, juice blocks so that you could ride freestyle so people could learn how to skate, um, not have to buy anti-rocker wheels or anything like that. And it's like, what else could we do? And it's just me being a skater has pushed the way that the product line has gone. Um, the team was kind of an afterthought, to be honest, because I didn't, I didn't run the team in the old days that was Jess so I didn't know how to run a team or how to build a team and you know thankfully um, over the last year I've gotten to be really good friends with a lot of the skaters out there and you know I've, I've, I've added a few people to a team and we've talked about you know riding together and everything and we actually have some uh, fun announcements coming this week where uh, we're going to have um, a new team member added uh, we're going to streamline the team a little bit so that it's a little easier for people to know who rides um, on like our ambassador team, which I don't really like that word, but uh, the ambassador team and then who's on the, the pro team um, and really try to do it right with teams. You know, it's something that I'm not super good at. You know, I'm a product guy, but I think that having a really strong team with riders who love the product and want to help promote you can work both ways, not just promoting the company, but it can also promote the skater True. and skating in general. So. I'm, awesome. I'm always learning. <laughs> Great, man. You have like a shout out from Eric Garcia who says best test like <laughs> frames. And he, and he also asked you, do you still have the beautiful Victorian houses in Alameda? <laughs> no, I wish. Unfortunately, so uh, Eric and I grew up um, skating together in, in the East Bay. Um, I grew up in Alameda, California. And I think Eric lives there now. Um, or at least he still lives in the Bay Area. I don't know if he's in Fremont or whatever. Uh, shout out to John Abina, though, getting back into it. Um, I don't know when John gets his uh, skates, but I sent him some skates to get back into it. And uh, definitely, uh, thanks for the shout out, Eric. Um, no, I, I, we sold the house, unfortunately. When we moved okay. to North Carolina, it was hard to maintain two houses. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was an amazing house. Um, and it was an am amazing place uh, to grow up and live. Um, Alameda had some heavy hitters. And the Northern California skate scene back in those days was just, I mean, you, you just, you know, you, you, you can name the stars that came out of there from, yeah, from yeah. skating. It was a really amazing time to be in that world. Um, I miss it a lot, but I love North Carolina. Things are a lot slower out here. I have room for a mini ramp in my backyard, like, and I can afford it. <laughs> like it's, it's life my speed i think <laughs> awesome i heard that will gordon like uh, he lives in north carolina and mm. he does still skate i mean will gordon is like one of my favorite uh blader oh, no yeah and then like 
when I heard it, like he's still skating every now and then, like and he lives in North Carolina, man. That's awesome. <laughs> and then, and so like, with that being said, like where the 50-50 name came out? Like, was it you was just like inventing it? No, it was before me. I came on uh, a few years after the company started. Um, it was, it was Jess and Ted. They were the two that started the company um, back in 95. And they started making grind plates that were half plastic and half metal. So uh, back in the days, the grind plates that were being made were either metal or they were plastic. So the metal ones were a dime a dozen and everybody was making metal grind plates, just like Senate wrenches or mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what else. Those were like the main ones back then. And then plastic ones, CDS Detroit kind of had that market. And Ted and Jess said, well, why don't we make the best of both worlds? Because skating, most people back then were skating, you know, rails or they were skating half pipe. But when you skated ledges, you didn't want to change your grind plates. So they wanted that feeling of metal, but they wanted to slide like plastic. So they said, why don't we make a metal and plastic grind plate? So they used metal on the inside, plastic on the outside. And that's where the word 50-50 came from. Ah, um, we don't make those anymore because it was, I mean, it was, it was again, a problem that we needed to solve. And thankfully frames are so much stronger now. We don't really <laughs> need that anymore, but we should probably do a throwback uh, uh, 50-50 grind plate someday. Just, yeah. <laughs> just the old packaging. Yeah. I think people would like that. Definitely. And like the idea from what I've learned, but maybe I, I'm wrong. Like the yeah. idea of the UFS frame came out from 50-50, right? Or in, am I wrong? In a, in a sense. I mean, there were a lot of things happening at the time. There were, there were other aftermarket frames. We weren't the first ones. So um, Rossi's made frames that you could replace on the Rossi's Moscow, that ramp skate. There's like aluminum frame ramp skate. You could okay. replace that. So that was like one of the original ones, the oxygen argons, you could replace those frames and they were screws. They weren't rivets. So that was like, they would sell you replacement frames. So we weren't, we weren't the first, um, at the time that we came out with ours, Senate also came out with theirs and Senate had a ton of frames. They probably sold more frames than we did. The problem was that their frames weren't very good. Like, I don't know who designed the frames, but it wasn't skaters. It was big business Senate. And they didn't slide well. They didn't have a good H block. They didn't have a good groove. So people used ours and they didn't really care about Senate as much. When we started making frames for the Cyrus, the USD Cyrus, people started saying, wait a second, what if we could make frames for every skate? And that's when Solomon just got started. So Solomon came into the industry and we're really the first that I know of the first skate that had that flat boot on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Before then, everything was a raised heel. And our frames, the original frames were designed for raised heel. And Yeah, we remember were, that, where like yeah, the shape. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think I have one here. I don't have one here. But um, yeah, it's just flat on the bottom and then it goes up like but that. But man, like, I remember um, like when a friend of mine bought the, the Psyrus Shima, man, yeah. like we, we were like watching the frame. I was like, oh man, look at that, look at the frame. It was like they were, the plus. They were great frames. And I, I, I mean, I still argue that a tight groove like that, if you're skating flat, if you're skating 55s or something like that, there's nothing better than a really tight groove. Like we didn't have the crazy grooves that you get now with like a, a Kaiser fluid or like a rollerblade blank frame or something like that. Like those are designed for anti-rocker frames. Like the groove is way big. Um, 
so yeah, we we wanted to get our frames on Solomon's, and unfortunately, when you when you have a frame that's designed for a raised heel, it looks ridiculous on a Solomon because it's flat. So it had this huge base plate in the front, and it was mm-hmm. like this looks like shit. Like why would we do this? <laughs> so Solomon said, "Hey, we want to do something with you guys." They were interested in looking into because we were so popular at the time. It's like we want to make sure that we can get in on that. What about coming up with a new frame that everybody can use. You know, you guys have done a good job making frames uh, a market, like aftermarket frames a thing. What if more people could make them? And we were like, it ultimately killed the company, but we should have said no, but uh, <laughs> it's better for skating. We've, always, we've had a hard time staying in business because we always make decisions that are good for skating not necessarily good for business. For the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Jess and I, I mean, we're, we're both dummies. Like, we just want to make cool stuff. And um, that usually gets us in trouble. But um, <laughs> Solomon said, yeah, we want to make frames. What if we came out with a frame standard and you guys can make frames like that? And we were like, that sounds awesome. So it was Solomon and us, as well as Razors, uh, which was ground control. Ground frame, control. Um, USD, which was power slide, and Kaiser. And then Senate was involved. I don't think they made a UFS frame in the beginning, but they they definitely were involved with the uh, talks at the beginning. And those companies that I remember um, just got together and said, what's the best way to do it? And we all kind of put our heads together and we created um, some drawings and we, you know, just shared. This was like 2000, 99, 2000. And, you know, eventually the Aaron Feinberg came out in 2001. And it's like, all right. Like the game has changed. Like now everybody can skate whatever frames they want. And it was like vindication for us, like, you know, (laughs) validation, I guess, that we could have aftermarket frames. Like people could walk into a, 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 like I I remember at ASR in 98, I did a presentation for the industry and I I had representatives from every company, like K2, um, uh, Rollerblade, uh, Rosies, you name it. I was like, imagine walking into a skate shop and it's like a skateboard shop where you could pick your deck, you could pick your trucks, you could pick your wheels. Like, what if you could pick your boot, your frame, and your wheels? And it's like, that makes total logical sense, right? Okay. They were like, nope, like, we don't want to do that. That's not <laughs> oh, really? Well, because what's in it for them, right? Like, that helps the truck company, but it doesn't help the complete board company. Yeah, like, true. they make better margins by selling a complete <laughs> skate. Like. You know, if, if they have to worry about uh, selling boot only, it's like they don't make a ton of money on boot only because they don't make money on the frames because they don't sell you the frames or the wheels true, or the true. bearings. So it was a big leap for them. And I think Solomon saw it early. I think USD had already been doing it, so they didn't have a problem with it. Razors was like real scrappy and like trying to... Razors was different back then. It was before the Shima. So it was like a very different company. They had the super flats and stuff, but... They didn't have the major, like, I think Shima going to Razors changed Razors for the good yeah. and created Razors into this menacing force that they are now. Um, but they weren't back then. So they were like, yeah, we'll do it. Like, we want to make sure that our, our skates are compatible with everything. And, yeah, it was it was a risk. But, I mean, here we are again. 20 years later, I walked into Oak City with a frame that I designed in 2001 and said, hey, I need a boot. And I bought a boot fresh, you know, it was a pair of pair of razors. It was a pair of SL3s. And it's like, I just put the frame on and it fit. 
I'm like, there you go. Like, <laughs> 20 years later, I've still got these frames that fit skates from today. And, and when you came out, like with the with your name to the to the owner of the skate shop, what the guy said, like, was he like a shock? Was he surprised? Oh man, it was, syndrome. It was a little weird. Yeah, I think I came by because I still hadn't. I still didn't want. I still didn't know that I was going to bring back 5050. So I came by with a box of old 5050 stuff and it was, it was, it was weird. Like, so the first time I walked into the shop, I saw a lot of 5050 stuff on the walls, like really? and grind plates and frames. And I was like, Oh, like I hadn't <laughs> thought about any of that. And I've been so far from the industry. I didn't know that it was still like a thing. Like people still looked at it as, like I didn't realize the impact until I took a step back and then I came back and I was like, it's a, it's a thing. Um, and I saw all of the stuff and I was like, damn, like all this stuff that I have in my, my attic, you know, in this box that I've been lugging around would probably be better here. Like he could keep them, he could sell them. Like he could find people who would really appreciate this stuff. So I brought over this big box of a lot of like prototype stuff, a lot of, frames samples that we never made um, like old grind plates like you know stuff that's just been sitting in these boxes that i've never i've never opened and i was like here like this is all my stuff i have to apologize like i came in and i bought skates and you didn't know me but this is who i was and this is what i worked on and i want you to have this because i think you need it and you would appreciate it uh, much more than my closet would um, and <laughs> we're still good friends. I mean, I, I was just talking to Long today um, about, um, you know, getting the red frames in and uh, figuring out, you know, how it's going to drop them off and everything. So, I, I mean, I'm, it's funny, the older that you get, the more you realize that relationships are the most important thing. And back in those days, it didn't even cross my mind, but it's like the conversations that you have with people are important. And like, leaving a lasting impression, not burning bridges, like being truthful and honest. Like those are things that people will always remember. It's not the yeah. tricks that you do or like the money that you have or the clothes that you wear. It's like what kind of person you are. And, and that to me, like long grand um, greeted me with open arms was like, Hey, great to have you back in skating. Here's some skates that I like. Here's some skates that, you know, you can try on walked me through the whole thing. It was just, it was an amazing experience. And that is what started me on this path to bring back, you know, pity pity and do more. Yeah, great, man, that's, that's amazing. And like, how do you see right now the scene compare it to how it was back then? Like, uh, of course, like a lot of things are changed trick wise, like uh, the connection sure. between, between, between the people. I, I was saying to Eric Garcia the other day that like, I never, thought that I was able to talk with people like you, with Eric, with Abdil. Right now with this Instagram thing, I'm able to talk with the people that I always be admire. So like, what is your, your, your thought between like about, you know, what, I, what was and what is right now blading? I think, that, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think the community aspect of it is the big difference. You know, back, since I go so far back, I mean, back in the days means a lot of different things to me. Like pre me being involved in the industry, it was just this youthful, you know, me and a few friends in Alameda would put on our skates every day and we would just go skate and we would find places. We would session the same curb, doing the same grind over and over because we only had three and we didn't know any other <laughs> thing to do. So we would just skate over and over and over. And 
that was just like freedom. You know, we just enjoyed the feeling of skating. My industry side was very different. It was very much like, how can I improve the industry? How can I push it to where I think it should go? I didn't succeed fully, but it's like, how can I leave my mark and how can I help the industry get to the next place so that I, as a skater growing up, if I were growing up in this era, like what would I have? And being able to find accessories and customizing your skates and making them better, like that's that was always important to me. So being able to do that was super important. Um, things got really weird towards the end, um, like mid 2000s, I think. And it got to be very clicky. Like, I think we got so big that I think we kind of grew up, and, and again, this is my opinion, we kind of went into little different like buckets. And I don't know that that's a bad thing, but you could see a lot of negativity on the internet. And like BMAG became a real amazing place for people to discuss things, but then it started becoming more And I hate that. Um, I think that, you know, it keeps people from wanting to skate if you're not, again, I mean, the thing that people remember is that lasting impression. Like, I want to make sure that people are stoked to just learn a soul grind. And it's like, you should cheer that. Like, they're out there skating, they're doing whatever. Talking about somebody's style not being good or, you know, you know, you, you suck or whatever. It's like, what do you, like, how are you? How are you helping anybody by doing that? Like you're not you're not doing anything positive for anybody. Maybe pumping yourself up in front of your friends, like making them look bad. But it's like that doesn't that doesn't do anything. Like so now we've come to a point where we have Instagram, and I think Instagram specifically is what has changed things. Um, not only the talk that you know the ability for us to talk like we're doing now, but I can post on Instagram a skating clip and thousands of people can see it and right now with skating being so small and spread out you don't have a crew to skate with like you don't have that feeling that i had growing up where there were a dozen kids in alameda skating and we would hook up at the same place and we go to friday night skate in san francisco at the embarcadero every week and there'd be a hundred kids skating that doesn't happen anymore you're lucky if you see another skater Ever, <laughs> but you go on Instagram and your feed is full of them and you can post pictures from your session and you'll get tons of people liking it, giving you feedback, congratulating you, like whatever, all that stuff was never possible. And that to me is what's making skating strong. Like, I think that people come back to skating at their own, like, I don't know how they come back to skating like, right now. This is weird because COVID and they're like, Oh, you know, searching for things to do outside. So it's like, that's cool. But before, like anybody that came back pre-COVID, they just came back at their own, like, motivation, whatever. But now they have a place that they can, they can belong. Like they're part of a community. And, and you know, we did this, so about a year and a half ago, um, the Back to Blading Slack, uh, which is, again, another place where we chat and we hang out all day. Um, and talk about blading and it's just like a super supportive community of people that just have that one thing in common where we both love blading we wanted to do a like a trick of the week sort of program but instead of trick of the week we want to do trick of the month and we we're like well what if we opened it up to everybody because i have this youtube channel 
and I can publicize that and I can say, hey, anybody wants to send me a clip, like, let's be part of this. Like, you, you weren't skating by yourself in, you know, Tennessee, right? In, in, by yourself at the skate park in Nashville. You are skating with the blading community. You just happen to be in Nashville, you know? So send us the clip and I'll put together an edit. And at the end of the day, you know, that first month, I think we had a hundred clips of people Ooh. around the world who were sending in everybody doing a front side. And it's like a hundred front sides. And that's a lot of front sides, <laughs> but it just shows you that there are people who want to skate with others. Like if we were in the same city, no doubt we'd be skating together, but we're not. But now like in a way we're kind of skating together. So I think that's the huge difference. Um, I think we're all a little older. I think technology has gotten a lot better that we don't have to, I don't know. We don't have to be mean to each other anymore. Like we can just, <laughs> we can just get along and just skate. You know, everybody's, an adult everybody knows that skating is just something you do for fun like nobody has exactly. crazy expectations of going pro and making a living doing this like everybody just wants to do it because they love to do it and everybody wants to skate and share with each other like it's again it's it, it's an amazing time to be in skating and for those people coming back now with covid we've built this like we've got these places where you go to youtube and you can find tons of content from myself, from Brandon, from Lino, from Tiago, from whoever. And there's hours and hours and hours of footage that you can watch all different levels, you know, me at the bottom, of course, but all different <laughs> levels of skaters. And they're like, wow, I relate to this guy or I aspire to be like this guy or there's not a lot of girls. There need to be more girls, but um, yeah, true. I, I aspire to this guy. I aspire to this guy. I want to make sure that I keep skating and I watch the videos and I learn the tricks and it's like that that's that means something, you know. True, true, no, definitely. Adrian, good friend of mine from France, he said one thing that like it must be like it could be like a true, like he says like uh, there's a lot of frustrated people in blading, and mm -hmm. that might be also another thing that like maybe people that back in the day they were expecting like maybe too much or or yeah. they had like high expectation and and they were now that they, they vomit their frustration through the web. Especially, I do remember also like that time on, on BMEG where like the people, they were like kind of also in Roller News. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you remember yeah, Roller, Roller News. News. I mean, like those two things, those message boards were like uh, at the edge. <laughs> they were like really, I mean, I mean, I, and I never get really bothered by all of these things. And I never, I never was sure. one of those people who talk shit because I mean, I never find the way to uh, spend energy on talking to anyone. I don't care. I mean, he's doing what he's doing. He's loving it. As long as he's loving it, I'm fine. I'm happy yep. to see him. He's loving it. And pretty, that's pretty much it. So yeah, just just like what you're saying, it's pretty cool to see the people like, like you guys, you know, going outside, like uh, spreading the word of blading. And of course, like sharing it with, with, with a positive message, which is probably like the very cool thing to make grow like a community and like a, like, like, like a sport. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, again, I'm all about positivity and, and I don't think anybody's doing it now because they don't like that. Like they, they're doing it because they love it now. Like nobody's like, Oh, I guess I'll go skating. Like there's so many other things you could be doing. With your time. <laughs> exactly. Like people now are passionate and we just need to make sure that everybody stays positive about it. Like embraces the culture. Everybody pumps each other up. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's a, it's obvious, but like the more people that we can keep 
skating, the better. Like we've lost so many numbers. When people get back, we need to keep them. And yeah. that's our goal now. Like, I don't know how they're going to get back. We're not going to have, we're not going to have an X games again. And I don't know that that's a bad thing, but we're not going to have those opportunities where it's everywhere, but people are going to come back and we need to make sure that they're welcome when they come back and they tell a friend and they get their friends involved and their wife and their kids. Like my kids, I, I obviously got my kids skates um, <laughs> and they weren't really feeling it. Like, fine. Like, that's cool. But then the neighborhood kids got skates and now they go out skating every day. Awesome. And it's like, that's how it works. And now there's a dozen kids in the neighborhood with skates and, you know, half of them are going to not like it. They're just doing it to be around the friends. Half of them are now getting so good that they're able to jump over stuff. And it's like, all right, here we go. Like, I know <laughs> exactly. how and it's the same cycle as before, you know, but now we're the parents getting skates for our kids. And it might be a little early still, but I think we are experimenting and finding that community. How do we grow skaters? How do we keep skaters involved? Um, it, it's, it's, it's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that skating is going to be here for a long time. Um, and it's only going to get bigger. I think this boom that we're having right now is not, not going to sustain itself. Um, I think, you know, after things open up again with, you know, COVID getting all treated, I think we'll probably lose a lot of numbers but I don't think we'll lose them all. You know, I, I don't know what percentage it will drop, but it's not going to go down to where it was before. To where it was before. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I do have the same feeling. And uh, in a way, it's what I was like speaking with Erica about it. Like you were like, yeah, of course, uh, people just bought those skates for those three months that like the gyms sure. are closed. But like there will be like a small person, like a small, like a group of people that who said, oh, I mean, like skating wasn't that bad. I mean, I just go keep on skating. Yep. And I mean, they could be one day parents and they, you know, share the passion to their kids. Like, I mean, yep. who knows what's going to be, but I do believe that like, um, I, I'm hoping actually that like, we are not going to be back where we were before the COVID and the, those sales will, will like uh, impact like people's life and, uh, and, and all that. So I think you're right. And then, like, one last thing, like, how yes. do you feel skating uh, with a skate made by a guy who was in your team back in the day? I mean, it's amazing. Uh, John is an incredible guy. So I, I, I grew up with John. So John was, grew up in Milpitas. Um, we used to skate before, you know, he was on Fitty Fitty, before he was on Cosmo and Rosies and all the things. Um, I, I, John's an amazing dude. Um, to be able to skate a boot, I mean, I just got a pair of 909s. Um, to be able to skate a boot that he designed, that he owns, that he is the man behind, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy experience. Um, the fact that he stuck with it all these years, um, you know, and I, I'm sure that things got rough for him at times, but he just persevered and he saw the vision, you know, like, I think when the 908 came out, we were talking about this on the podcast. I think when the 908 came out, it was more of a, this is good enough for my first skate. But you know that he was always dreaming of having his own design, right? So it's like, how do I get there? Like, what, what, how, it's a game of chess, you know? Like, let me just start with, like, he already had frames. 
He figured out wheels. He figured out bearings. It's like, what is left? Well, I got to figure out this boot thing and the liner thing and the sole plate thing. You know, there's only three things. So it's like he makes his own sole plate. So there's one thing done. And it's like, now I just got to do boots and liners. And it's like, okay. So he, he's able to ship. And then, well, let's figure out this intuition partnership, right? So he collapsed with intuition. And now he's like, okay, all that I got to figure out now is the shell. <laughs> and it's like, all right, like, I can do whatever I want, make it look however I want. And, you know, he hooked up with Kyle, who's an amazing designer. I think the 909 is amazing skate. Um, I'm having a bit of a struggle getting used to an intuition. I've never skated intuition liners before. I skated the 908 really well. And I skated them a week before my 909s. And I feel like I've regressed <laughs> with, the, with the 909s. And I think that the reason, and nothing's changed, it's just the liner. So I'm having a bit of a difficult time adjusting to the intuitions. I think they're very stiff and they're very like, I've only heard great things after they get broken in, but I've only skated them for maybe two hours. And I, I think they, they require a lot more time investment before they feel super comfortable. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna give up because there's too many people who love them that I have to assume they're not all lying to me, that they are great <laughs> liners that I have to, you know, give put in the work to get it to the point where I can skate them. Because I skated my 908s really well, I felt, and I really liked them. Um, I can't wait until I can skate as good in my 909s as I did in my 908s. Yeah, I also heard like nothing better, nothing than like, like great words and like a pretty cool thing about those intuitions. So yeah, like, just like you were saying, or like everybody's lying to us or like they, you, you need to break them somehow. Yeah. And then like once you break them, they're like the best liner ever probably. Yeah, yeah I hope. I, I mean, unless it's a conspiracy theory and we're all like, <laughs> we're all fools of big intuition. <laughs> and then um, so Lawrence, yeah, with that being said, I don't want to steal, uh, steal more of no your worries. time. And um, man, it's, it has been a pleasure. Thank yeah. you for sharing like to, with us all of the, uh, the 50, 50 story. And uh, like, I'm so happy that you have like uh, on the team, my really good friend, John from it's like a, such a cool dude. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah he, um, I, I was very fortunate to get to know John before he knew I was part of Fitty Vitty. So really? you can tell that it was like a legit friendship versus opportunistic, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he's a great dude. Um, no, no, yeah. Time, he's like amazing skater. Uh, again, we've gotten to the point now where skaters are professional and i i use that term in a weird way but when we grew up skating a lot of these pro skaters were you know 15 years old and like you look at roadhouse perfect example he was always like the kid right he had a really smart head on his shoulders and he ended up great but not all of the kid pros ended up great this generation of pro skaters are adults like they have full-time jobs um nobody's doing this full-time anymore like we said so that generation of pros knows how to hold themselves they know how to market themselves they know like how to be respectful of people and not responsible destroy, exactly not exactly. destroy hotel rooms when they're on tour things <laughs> like that um it's a very different world and i'm very fortunate to work with a lot of great pro skaters i think 
Uh, again, 3050 team, uh, I think the announcement's going to be Wednesday. Um, but um, I, I think it's going to be a really good year for us. John's obviously a huge part of that, um, along with Stefan. Um, we're, we're trying to do things right. And uh, I think, again, this, this year is all about just coming together and helping each other out because uh, you know, we got to make sure these new skaters have a place that, uh, that's welcoming to them. No, definitely. I totally agree with you about like the 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 responsibility that like somebody who sponsor had have because like you know you're representing a brand, yep. so you're in a way working and like you have to be responsible because yep. your image is the brand. So like if you're acting like a douchebag or if you're destroying exactly. hotel rooms, I mean, exactly. And and, um, and 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 I mean, we all have the right intentions, right? But. It's the it's the image. It's the way that they are come across. You know, like don't True. be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Lawrence, um, man, thank you so much. I'm looking Absolutely. forward to, to see you. Thanks uh, for your hoping that like we are going to. I don't know if all of those borders will be open again before November. We yeah. might gonna see us in at the Blady Cup if there the, the flights are running and all that. It would be amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be there. I missed it last year. It was on the weekend of Halloween. And that was a, I've got to be the right dad for my kids True. and I can't leave and go all the way across the country. Um, <laughs> Halloween means a lot to them. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. But this year I think I can actually make it out. So hopefully things happen. Um, I'll definitely be out there if it's, if it's a go. Definitely. So Lawrence, thank you so much. Have a, have a wonderful day and I'm looking forward to see you soon. Okay, boss. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Have thank a great you one. so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Blading Chats.